Manhattan Bank has been serving the Gallatin Valley since 1905. Started by local farmers in order to help grow the agriculture industry, Manhattan Bank has since grown into a full-service bank serving the entire valley. With branches in Manhattan, Churchill, Three Forks, and Bozeman, you're never far from your local bank. As banks are consolidating and changing, Manhattan Bank sets themselves apart through consistency and a small-town banking feel. Come see why we have been in the valley for well over 100 years. Stop by the new building in Bozeman, see Justin Skillman and Tyler Dosher for your business banking, and Brad Wimmer for your home loans. Go Cats! Member FDIC. Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletes. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Alright, welcome back Bobcat fans. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR Catcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Foley. He's your host, Ryan Thornburg. We are the Ryans of the RNR, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network. And we have a sweet sponsor in Manhattan Bank taking care of all your banking needs. Four locations in the Gallatin County. Those are Bozeman, Churchill, Manhattan, Three Forks. Go see Justin, Tyler, and Brad over there. Take care of all your banking needs. Those guys have been awesome coming on board this year. We're happy to have them. And it's uh, been good to talk about them on the podcast. But uh, we're also here to talk a little bit about Northern Arizona, the game that was, and then to preview the Cal Poly game right before the Cat Grizz. Thorny, how are you doing, buddy? The little appetizer before the big game. I'm doing well, man. It's a, it's a pretty cold day up here, and I hope the episode doesn't get interrupted with the power going out because the lights have been flickering a little bit here in the last hour or so. But uh, doing well, my friend. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's it's cold here too and snowy. First time we've had snow, we woke up to about six inches on the ground. So maybe not that much, but Spokane got hit pretty good. Six inches is a lot. So, yeah. So well, it's gonna be cold for the rest of the the time. You know, I just look at my app on my iPhone and for in perpetuity now, we're in like the low thirties, going down like into the teens in the mornings. I'm just starting to think, like, ahead to Cat Grizz already, that this is going to be a cold one in Bozeman. Man, we had, like, a long summer, and then it's just, like, winter. Like, where was fall? <laughs> where was fall at? Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Well, all right. Enough to talk about the weather. Everybody talks about the weather on podcasts. I listen to a couple podcasts, and they always just... uh banter back and forth about the weather. Stupid talk. I always just like want to get through that. Anyways, and we just did it. Nice job. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, listener, for joining us. And uh, yeah, we're talking about Bobcat football tonight, as we always do. Let's run down what we're going to talk about. Uh, We'll get into the stats, FCS rankings. We'll talk about Coach Vegan in his press conference. And we always try to give you like updates on injuries and just notable stuff that he said during that time ryan and i participate in the big sky power big sky podcast power rankings and we'll give you our power rankings i had some interesting thoughts on that this week 
Uh, we will talk mostly about Northern Arizona. Uh, I know Ryan's a little salty after that game. At least the conversations I've had since then, he's been, um, well, I'll, I'll just let him get into it when we get there. But <laughs> he's got some words. I know that. And we'll try to probably preview Cal Poly. Uh, we don't have much information on them, admittedly, but uh, we'll give you a couple of nuggets to chew on. Yep, not not a ton of research done on Cal Poly, but I'm not sure how much we need to do in this in this case. But yeah, sounds sounds fun, man. Yeah, I got a lot to say about the Northern Arizona game. A lot to unpack from that narrow victory in Flagstaff. But, sounds good. But uh, for, into it. I think this is a this is a good time to mention here before we get into anything else. Um, you know, speaking of Cat Grizz a little bit, we actually have two extra Cat Grizz SRO tickets, and I think we've decided to put them in a an online sweepstakes with 100% of the the uh, proceeds going to the, oh, what was it, the HRDC, the but basically the Gallatin Valley Food Bank, and we're going to be putting a link up for that on the socials. For two SRO tickets, you can buy in, in random quantities. It's a little different. It's a little weird. I used a website to kind of set the whole thing up so we didn't have to do much guesswork on the legal ramifications of all this kind of stuff. But the link will be dropping on that. So you can, uh, you know, purchase some online raffle tickets or sweepstakes tickets, whatever they want to call them, for your chance to win a couple Cat Grizz tickets, uh, SRO seats to uh, and the benefits preceding the proceeding the Gallatin Valley Food Bank. So that'd be something to check out here in the next coming days. So, Look forward to that. That is something new for us. We have never done that in the four years we've done this podcast, and I'm excited about it, man. Hopefully that gains some traction. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I butchered mentioning it because this is just not something we normally do. But yeah, I thought it was something to use our platform to do a little bit of good if we can. So why not? Yeah. Feeding the hungry. We're called to do that, man. That's awesome. That's Love right. It. All right, well, let's talk about what's in our golden coolies. Yes, not hungry, we're thirsty. What's in your golden coolie? I just cracked it. All right, Foley, I'm going to hold it up for you. I don't know what I'm looking at. What is that? <laughs> I can't tell what it is. is that... I've been trying to figure it out. It's the... Um, Something oh. riding a trike. Yeah, it's King Crispy from Deschutes Brewery. It's a Pilsner. He's got like a little hop, a hop uh, scepter with like a hop on top of it. I can't tell what he is. He's riding a tricycle with cowboy boots. He's got a crown on. It makes no sense, but <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a, it's a crispy Pilsner for this time of year. And you know what? It's, it's, it's good. I've never had it before. I don't know. It caught my eye, AKA something that I haven't seen before or I haven't had before. That's not an IPA. So I was, I was excited to try it out. You and I were in the Deschutes Brewery together back in Portland. That was not on the menu. It is the winner of the Pilsner Fest of the Bitburger Challenge at North Portland, North Portland German Beer Par, Bar Prost. That's the most regionalized random brag I've ever seen on a beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying like they is won- it good? The best Pilsner Fest. It's like the best lager at some sort of random street festival in Belt or something. Like that is the most random thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, it's good. <laughs> but, Who goes to Pilsner Fest? 
that's what I want to know. What kind of people go to Pilsner? I would. Fest? I would go to Pilsner Fest <laughs> because there's guaranteed to be no IPAs there. I'd be in heaven. <laughs> a whole bunch of whole bunch of people like thirding walking around and going, finally, yes. <laughs> finally. Freedom. <laughs> I don't see any IPAs. Do you? Nope. All right. We're in the right spot. <laughs> All right. Pilsner Fest. I've never heard of such a thing. Interesting. All right. I have something I've had on this show before. It is from No Lie, which is a local brewery here, one of our bigger ones. Porch Glow Amber. Picked it up today. Yeah, you've had that before. Yeah. I still kind of kick it on the ambers. Been kind of going back to my IPA roots a little bit now that IPAs are not hazy as hazy anymore. I like those clean, crisp, pungent IPAs. Not a big, not a big hazy fan anymore. So here we go. You're growing. You're growing as a beer drinker. I love it. And I'm enjoying some IPAs from time to time. Look at this. Am I sending you a picture of it? Yeah. I was going to put on the social media live recording. Oh. Asking people to tell, tell us what it is. I'm very curious. If you send it to me, I will comment on it. Let's see here. <laughs> okay. The picture just came in. It's on Twitter uh, as well. What is that? It's got like two lines on his face. <laughs> it looks like a toaster. It kind of does. I was going to say maybe it's like an empty beer can. Is he a beer can? With a pompadour? <laughs> With the, yeah, I don't know, man. The, like a fancy mustache, a Portland mustache. I don't know why he's wearing cowboy boots. I'm so confused. I just put on uh, on Twitter. People can uh, can help me out on what, uh, what the what is he? He's the um, King Crispy. Where is King Crispy? Kind of does look like a toaster. Man. Yeah, I think that might be a toaster he's riding a, toaster. a trike. King Toaster. He's Weird. crispy. He makes things crispy by toasting them. Yeah, I think you're right, man. <laughs> All right, let's move on. The most random thing I've ever seen. That might be the most random thing I've ever seen. Okay, interesting. Sidetracked. Good stuff. All right, well, what do you want to talk first? you want to go into Coach Vegan or do you want to talk stats, FCS poll? Um, let's talk general stuff before we get into specific Bobcat stuff. So let's talk the poll maybe. All right, well, let's talk about the polls. Stats, FCS, stats performance, FCS top 25 poll. I read it during lunch today. South Dakota State holding court at number one. They had a narrow game against Northern Iowa, right? They did. I think it took a last-second field goal on the road. And, uh, yeah, so we're not the only team who struggled with a non-playoff conference foe this weekend on the road. Rabbits, I feel like they've been on top for probably like half the season, at least since they beat North Dakota State. And uh, they've been holding top. You know, I wonder how Montana State would handle the number one ranking. That's something I've been kind of thinking about lately. Anyways, I thought that might happen if Sac State lost and maybe South Dakota State lost. But, I mean, it still could happen next week, I guess so. But not likely. Uh, Sac State's still number two. They are they're gaining first place votes. They had six of them. They had one last week. Montana State's still number three. North Dakota State's still number four. Holy Cross 
Incarnate Word, Weber State's number seven. Weber State was five. They dropped down two spots after their close loss against Sac State. And that was quite the quite the game on Saturday. We didn't do a live show on Saturday. We both had some stuff going on. So sorry, folks. You probably missed us. And let's see. Others to be noted, Montana still at 16. They didn't move even after their 57-0 drubbing of Cal Poly. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what people think about Cal Poly, a referendum on Cal Poly, not on Montana. That's right. And let's let's see here. Anything else? Well, I- Idaho Davis is getting votes. Idaho's 15. Oh, yeah. Right Missed on. the Vandals right there. Right Idaho's above the Grizz. 15. Yeah, they held they yep. held exactly the same too after they whooped up on Eastern, right? It's true. We didn't do our around the big sky segments, so I'm not as versed in our in our uh conference results as I normally am. I'll tell you my big sky power poll rankings. Well, before we get into that, I, I want to ask what do you do you think the Cats are the number three ranked team in the in the country? We haven't really talked about that That's this much question, this year. Man, that's a really It is. I I was thinking about that after our Northern Arizona game. Like, are we really the third best team in the country? Yeah, I hate those type of questions. I mean, that's such a hard question it to is. ask because there's so many so many paths you could take on that. Yeah, I would say yeah, we are. Because we we're still winning, man. As coach Vegan said today, and I'm just going to steal his quote, we're not going to apologize for winning. Yeah. <laughs> No. Sorry, man. No, losing. So, easy. yeah, I'm going to say Montana, Montana State probably is. I think, geez, Ryan, you didn't, I didn't want to go down this path. North don't, Dakota State's probably better than us. I don't know. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, we are. Sure. It's a bad not? sample size, but over the course of the season, I still think we're deserving of the ranking. I'm just not sure we're playing like it at the moment, but we'll get into that. Okay. Power power rankings now. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's 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 go. I put Idaho number one. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Sac State number two, Montana State number three, Weber four, Davis five, UM six. Then put NAU creeped up for me. After that, I put NAU, Portland State, and then Eastern Washington, Northern Colorado, Idaho State, Cal Poly. So to me, Idaho passes, the Vandals pass the eye test. I think they're the most complete team in the big sky right now. I don't see many deficiencies with them. In fact, I think if you were to ask you, Ryan, is Idaho a defensive team or offensive team? I think probably you probably have a hard time answering that. They're both. Yeah. And that's they're that, really yeah. good. They're playing pretty complimentary football. Not only that, when you watch them play, they look like they're having the most fun right now. They're just, they have a, they, they, they look like they're a fun football team. Well, that's just guys just having a blast. That's what happens when you're under a previous coach with the losing culture and everyone's frustrated and a new guy comes in and galvanizes the team and makes football fun again. And I think that's exactly what's happening down in Moscow. Yeah. (laughs) Good on them. So if you're asking me who I voted, I didn't vote this week. This is the first time I think I didn't vote week one, and I've been I've voted every week since then. I was just too busy. Uh, I, I just didn't get around to it. But I, 
Idaho number one. I think I would have put probably, I think I would have kept Sac State as my number one. Idaho number two. Then I would have gone the Cats three. Weber, Montana, UC Davis. I have a hard time with UC Davis and Montana. Like UC Davis is just pummeling people right now, but I still think the Grizz, like with Lucas Johnson back at the helm, I think they could probably beat UC Davis on a neutral field, which is always my, how do I decide between two teams ranking? That's my, that's my tiebreaker. That's fair. I could argue, I could argue either. And then after that, it doesn't matter. After that, it does not matter. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You're just ranking the various right. lipstick pig type situations. They're all bad. Well, that was stats, FCS polls, and our power polls. I'm, I'm glad to see Mont- uh, Bobcat Nation putting out the power poll thread that somebody started, not me, this week. I, I think that's kind of a fun read every now and then. So keep it at keep at it, guys. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Coach Vegan's press conference. Mainly, let's just talk about some of the the key things that came out. And I'll start, Thorny, with some of the injuries, because that's pretty much what we really listened for. He said Cleveland Thomas is fluid. That was his term. He said they didn't know today what his status would be. So fingers crossed. Chambers. Sean Chambers is likely to suit up on Saturday. I don't know how much they're going to use him. My thought is if they don't have to use him, they won't. They'll probably try to save him for Cat Grizz. That's just a gut feeling right there. Lane Sumner needs another week, he said. Greeby is touch and go. Danny should be back, but probably not next week, or probably not this week, but maybe next week, probably for Cat Grizz. He did have a procedure on his knee sounds like it was like a scoping on his knee. So he just had that cleaned up. Sounds like he heard it in Weber tried to play through late in the game. And so that's kind of some maintenance right there. And then uh, he talked a little bit about Isaiah and Jahari continuing to practice, but I don't know if those guys will, you know, ever see the field again this, this year, unless we make a deep playoff run, I could see maybe a chance to push back for like a, semifinal game or something like that for those guys, but who's to, who's to say? I'm looking at uh, Victor Flores' tweet, and he said uh, how he phrased it was, Cleveland Thomas compliance situation will get, will get cleared up in the next couple days. So is that that's very different than oh, what cool. you just said. Did you hear? Are you going to say it's no, fluid? I said it was fluid. Yeah. yeah. But you, you also said it was Kind of like it was a... But you said you made it sound like he wasn't sure he's coming back or not, and then Victor makes it sound like he's getting cleared up in the next couple of days. Be good to go. Well, I would lean into what Victor says. Fair enough. This. Okay, I just wasn't sure. Right. I was just kind of clarifying for the users uh, or the users, the listeners, because um, I think you know <laughs> he he would be a good addition back back in the fold. I think so. All the health we can get on offense, and that honestly, this this uh. Injury update was better than expected. I had I had pretty big fears for Brody Greeby. I I had heard on you know somebody on Bobcat Nation said Danny Yu is done for the year, which just makes it sound like yeah. not even close to that. Like he'll miss like one game, 
outside of Northern Arizona. So he'll miss two total games, I guess, from his injury. Maybe, you know, but let's be, let's be real here. Um, when vegan says a guy's injured and he's like rehabbing or he's day to day, it seems like you want to err on the side of like a lot longer than you might think. <laughs> I feel like vegan likes to just kind of think, leave things hanging and guys aren't anywhere near as close as he leads on. At least that's my interpretation. So I'll believe all of this stuff when I see it. <laughs> Do you think Greeby is going to come back before Cat Grizz? Or I guess that would be this week. Yeah, I know. That's our, it's already here, man. Is like toasted. I don't know, man. That that looked bad. The way he popped, his whole body like just like convulsed. Yeah. Well, you know, you never <laughs> know. But uh, that, man. the fact that he said "wait and see" on an injury that is not season-ending is pretty pretty positive. But I doubt he plays in the regular season. Yeah, he, he probably means he'll come back at some point in the playoffs. Yeah, which we punched our tickets. 100% with the win over Northern Arizona. If you weren't sure before, it's guaranteed now. Yeah, that's a good feeling. It's a good feeling, that, man. That's always something I want in the bag before Cagris. Yeah, let's toast to that. Yeah, that, that does take a lot of pressure off of Cagris. Woo! Like, we yeah. have made the playoffs with two games left in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Let's not focus on the Cagris. We'll talk a ton nope. about that next week. I don't want that in my mind yet. <laughs> despite what you were texting me earlier and I won't out you of any of this, but Cat Chris is clearly on your mind a little bit. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, let's move on to the, get into the stats. <laughs> Are we done? That's stats, stats. Let's do it. Yeah, we need, I haven't made a jingle yet. I apologize. I did, I did mess around a little bit to try and find a, an audio background for a little stats jingle here, but nothing came up. All right, let's get into the stats. How about that? I just talk like an announcer. <laughs> All right. Bobcats win this this crazy, ugly, black game in Flagstaff. Coming off the bye for both teams, 41 to 38 on the last second field goal by Blake Stones Glessner. Let's get into it. Player Tor- of the week. Biggest guy, special teams player of the week. You kick, a, you kick a game-winning Woo! field goal. There's a good chance you're going to be player of the week. Good job. All right. 28 first downs for the Lumberjacks to 24 for the Bobcats. Both teams did pretty good on offense. You'll find that's a recurring theme here. Cats were 5 of 15 on third down. That's not very good. NAU is 10 of 19 on third down, and that is much better. That's more than 50%. The Cats were 2 of 2 on fourth, uh, on fourth down, and NAU was 2 of 4. And uh, 471 yards of total offense for the Cats and 552 for NAU, which... If you are a math major, that's over a thousand total yards of offense in this game combined. 191 through the air for the Bobcats on 14 to 30 passing, where the NAU had 459 yards on 38 of 35 of 48 for 9.6 yards per pass. Oh, that's going to be a big talking point coming up here in a little bit. Although the Cats countered with 280 yards on the ground on 49 <laughs> attempts for 5.7 yards per rush, which is a little bit below our season average. But, you know, for the Bobcats, that's getting down there. 5.7, most teams would kill for 5.7 yards per rush. NAU was only able to muster up 93 yards on 33 attempts for 2.8 yards per carry. 
Penalties plagued both teams a little bit. The Cats were penalized seven times for 55 yards. NAU 11 times for 79 yards. NAU did have two fumbles lost, right, in the first quarter, in the first, like, two series, I believe, for NAU. They got sacked, fumbled two times in a row. Uh, And then the time possession, Bobcats were able to win this, but just marginally 31 minutes and eight seconds to 28 minutes and 48 seconds for the Lumberjacks. Man. I think that's the only the second time we've lost the total in yardage. Yeah, I know we lost Oregon State during, you know, Oregon State. I'm just looking at these. A couple other ones on Northern Arizona ran 81 plays for average of 6.8 yards. Montana State ran 79 plays with the average of 6.4 yards. So pretty even right there. Uh, in AU punted two times. For a total of 61 yards, and MSU punted five times for a total of 215 yards. Layton was putting the boot in them. <laughs> he was taking full advantage of that thin air that elevation up there. That's right. Montana State was six for six in the red zone, and Northern Arizona was two to three, two for three in the red zone. They didn't have to stay in the red zone because they were banking on big plays. Whew. All right, they missed that field goal. Let's talk a little bit about some self stats, player stats, I should say. Tommy was 13 for 29 for 179 and one touchdown. That's his passing. He had 19 carries for 119 yards rushing. Elijah Elliott, who I'm just going to give props to right now because I don't know if we'll talk about him. That guy runs hard. Just flat out just runs hard. I love watching that guy run. 16 for 92. Had a long of 17, Garrett Kuhn, who also runs hard. And I don't know how he did not score on his big scamper of 22 yards. He had 10 carries for 58 yards. He got caught. I mean, it's like, it like the seas parted for him. Like, just go to the promised land, Garrett. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't make it there. He got tackled at the two. Oh, man. Taco Dollar. I don't know if you heard about him. He had a big catch for 64 yards. Uh, Willie P. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Willie P. Not his best game. Only three catches for 41 yards. He could have easily been over 100 had he caught any one of those 11 deep balls we threw to him. So uh, RJ Fitzgerald, he did have another touchdown. He's like the RJ special. He's just like, you touchdown know, Fitzgerald. Well called up. TD Fitzgerald. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. I love it. Uh, Pickering had one nice ball thrown to him. Uh, a drag route over the middle. I like those. We should use them more often. And then we didn't do it again. Yeah, no doubt. Askelson had 11 tackles, six solo. Callahan had 10 tackles with two tackles for a loss. Brody Greeby had himself a game before he got taken out. He had five tackles, two sacks, one forced fumble. He was a man on a mission. I think he listened to us. He listened to me talk a little smack about him and said, I'm going to prove that guy wrong. Stones Glester, man. Two for two, five for five uh, with 30, 30-yard 30 field goal. 24-yard field goal, game winner. That guy is as advertised. Stones, Glessner, attaboy. So let's flip down to Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. R.J. Martinez was playing with his hair on fire. He was 34 for 46 for 452 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he caught a touchdown. He did get a touchdown. I thought for sure he was going to get off... I thought for sure he was going to get, uh, get the Offensive Player of the Week. He did not. He rushed for a touchdown, uh, too. So he touched down for the cycle. He pulled a Tommy Malott, Sam Houston State on us. Yeah. Ugh. He was impressive. 
that guy was really impressive. I was like, wow. Yeah. It was like, you know, basketball players talk about being in the zone and they yeah. can't miss. RJ Martinez was in the zone. He couldn't miss. No, nope. he knew where to impressive. go and how much velocity to put on it and where to put it. It was, it was, it was pretty. His running back, Jason Hall, was 17 for 69 for rushing, but he also had 89 catches for 83 yards on receiving. The guy that really burned is Coleman Owen, 10 catches for 196 yards, two touchdowns. And then Hendricks Johnson was also burning us for seven catches, 108 yards, one touchdown. And then they also had another receiver, Elijah Taylor, had 57 yards on six catches. When you have two two receivers going over a hundred, one almost eclipsing two hundred, it's bad news bears, man. It's not good. Wow, man, I feel like Kendricks Johnson's been there for a long time. I had I clicked into him. Yeah, he's he had sixty receptions in two thousand nineteen, twenty one receptions in two thousand twenty, twenty nine receptions in last year, and then forty five this year. And he's a junior. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> he's a yeah. <laughs> So, he's an eighth-year junior. So, yeah, he's going to end up with um, – he's already got roughly 2,300 pass or, or receiving yards already as a junior. Yeah. So, Unreal, he's man. pretty good. But yeah. we made look, a lot of people look pretty good on Saturday. Yeah. And it's not just our defense, man. We'll, let's, let's get into some major talking points because I, th- I feel like you and I could probably go – in a lot of places on this. So how about let's just go through our talking points so we can kind of keep focused instead of just okay. starting to air our grievances. Well, I want to start off with some positives. How about that? Yeah. So where, where do you want do to start it. on that? I mean, Tommy Lott, <laughs> touchdown pass. Let's just get right into the fun part of the game. Tommy Lott scrambling on third and 10, finds a Taco Dollar who just, they're they're in sync. They're like, go. And Taco's like, all right. And then he just flicks it as he's right near the sidelines with two guys bearing down on him, flicks it 45 yards or whatever in the air. Dowler gets behind the two defenders, catches the ball, goes down inside the 20, inside the 15, wherever he ends up, gets tackled from behind. What a great throw. The, the arm strength you have to have for that kind of throw and the accuracy to to hit Taco Dowler perfectly in stride. And the chemistry that you have to have for that, it sounded like Vegan said that they worked a lot on that kind of stuff. They've been working on that kind of stuff, trying to get receivers to be more like in sync with Tommy when he's running. Like, hey, he's on, he's scrambling, he's but he's keeping his eyes downfield. You got to you know adjust, try and get open, try and find uh, some space. And you know this is a really the first time that I think we've seen something like that. And there was a oh man, I was just jumping for joy. I was like high five my my son who was watching me at the time. As an exciting play and and an all time, if you're going to look back in the last 10, 20 years of all time throws by Bobcat quarterbacks, that's going to be on on your mind. No doubt. I'm kind of surprised that the scramble drill is not a bigger part of our offense, maybe a design part of our offense, given Tommy's ability to scramble. I, yeah, you're weird. right. I, I he's gotten so much better as the season's progressed about extending plays instead of just taking off and sure. running. He's running laterally near the line of scrimmage, keeping his eyes downfield. But I just, he hasn't been able to find anybody. And I, and I, you know, we watch on TV. It makes it so hard to see. 
because you don't see the receivers. You don't see anything. You see Tommy and then like the screen ends. So I don't know if any people are, aren't getting open or, or Tommy's just not letting willing to let it go, but he's getting a lot better at that. And I think that that has to be a bigger part of our offense moving forward because he's so good at getting out of the pocket and extending plays. Like we got to be finding ways to complete balls. And when he's running by himself for three seconds along the, along the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Well, they said they've been working on the yep. scramble drill. Apparently, he's working off. You know, Taco got on top of the defense right there, and that's what you just need. You need guys to get on top of the defense and create separation or find those places in the zone. That should be that should be something Montana State's going to. I put that in my notes. I was like, man, that could be like a key going forward into the playoffs. I mean, that's chemistry, right? So mm-hmm. You got to find yeah. chemistry. Like, name some good combinations that the Cats have had. Like one of the ones that comes to my mind. And not because he was the best receiver. Akblas. I was thinking, I think McGee and Bleskin, Tanner Bleskin. No, I was thinking McGee and Akblas. So, yeah. Maybe just McGee was that good and he made everyone look good. I don't know. But you just got to, like, maybe Taco gets more playing time, not because he's the most polished receiver, the biggest receiver, but because he has good chemistry with Tommy Mallott and he can sense when Tommy's scrambling and he can make a play to that regard. And I think that's something that the Bobcats need to have in their arsenal as they continue to go deeper into November and December, playing teams that are going to have better defenses and be able to lock down the run a little bit. You got you got to be able to do a little bit more. Yeah, I wonder if we're not great at it because we're so good at blocking, so that they're just so in tune with keeping their block. I'm not sure. There's got to be a balance there. But yeah, it's a good thing that Montana State's working on it. Could be deadly for us. Speaking, for sure. of, speaking of blocking, I thought the offensive line pass protected great in this game. Probably the best pass oh, yeah. protection I've seen from the the offensive line all year. Did you see Tommy in early in the first quarter take that uh, snap and he just he just sat there bouncing in the pocket, yeah. went through probably three to four reads and hit and hit Willie Patterson over the middle. I was like, that's the first time I've probably seen yeah. that kind of patience from him, and just be able to go through those reads. It was really it was really awesome. It was exciting. Hey, I want to go back see real that. quick. Yeah, go ahead. I want to go back to that uh, Taco Dollar play, that last play from positives. Uh, the the play after that, Elijah Elliott gets that scamper, and it looks like we're about to win the game. And then, did you see Elijah Elliott somehow just get? I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't see it because of the people. the The play was just you know on the far side of the field. But how did he not get in? He just got leveled. It was like a guy was like getting on the blocked. hard line. A guy was getting blocked, and somehow. He like made the tackle while getting blocked and like just leveled him. I don't fully understand <laughs> what happened. I think Tom Stuber or somebody yeah. said like he like a like, like go on this side of a, him. I don't know. A, a physics deci- defying tackle. Like I just don't fully understand what happened. But he got just uh. stopped cold and he he had like a full head of steam. I don't know how he didn't score there. It didn't ended up costing us anything. But a you know, touchdown there would have felt a lot better than how it ended, but I don't know, man, they would still have probably like 10 seconds at that's that true. point. That's, that's enough for three <laughs> passes. <laughs> the way, the way the game was going, it would have been. Yeah. Anyways. So I just, I, I love that run, but when he was taken down, I was like, where did that guy even come from? So it was just interesting play. And then rush jumps off on false start on the QB sneak. And then there we go. we got stones, Glessner. <laughs> And the game winner. At that point, you're just like, just keep the field goal. Right. It was fun. I thought we were going to score a touchdown. That would have been awesome. But false start, stuffed at the one-yard line, you know, whatever. Just keep the field goal. Get out of here. 
what what was your thoughts on that drive on what we're talking about the the pass from Tommy to Taco Dollar it looked pretty bad to start with it got to third and 10 real yeah. it got to third and 10 it was super fast like Tommy yeah, like the play uh, before that Tommy Lott scrambled off the side and then for some reason tried to twinkle toe along the sideline and just got crushed into the into the NEO bench I don't know what Tommy was doing I don't know what he was doing, but all of a sudden it's third and 10. Tommy just got leveled. I'm like, oh man, we can't give the ball back to them. We'll lose. If we punt the ball, we lose, is what was going on in my mind. That's exactly what I was thinking as well. They took about 18 seconds off the clock before we hit that miraculous play. And all I'm thinking is like, man, they got 48, 45 seconds left if we have to punt this away. That's uh, at, at least a tie. At least, well, it was tied at the it game. Was tied. Excuse me, not tied, but yeah, yeah. It's at least a field goal <laughs> I mean, attempt for NAU. So I'm hoping at that point, I'm like, okay, let's get a turnover, turnover, let's get an interception, because you're gonna play the defense you play at that point. You're gonna play quarters. You're gonna play prevent something that keeps the ball in front of you. So RJ Martinez is just gonna take check down, check down, check down, check down. You got 40 seconds. That's an eternity to get across the field once you're hitting first downs. So I could see Garza playing aggressive up front, trying to get a sack, hopefully hoping to get like a third and 13, something like that. You're hoping, right? You're just hoping defense would have had to get a four down stop or a turnover. So, and that wasn't happening. So that was a game saving play. Oh, what a, what a great play. I just wish it was in a bigger moment and against a better opponent than needing that crazy pass by time a lot to win a road game against Northern Arizona, who is what, like two and nine or two and eight now, two and seven. I don't know what they are. So, I think this is a good time for one of my big takeaways that you just said that. Think about this. This this could be a narrative that you could craft around this game. I thought NAU was thirsty for a defining moment under Chris Ball. You get the number three team on the ropes in the second quarter, and you're playing with house money at that time. The whole team was playing outside of themselves, in my opinion. And I think when he, we just got kind of in a weird situation where our offense didn't allow our defense to rest or capitalize. Let's say Montana State goes up four scores in the second quarter and doesn't have the blunders we have. It feels really different. But I'm just go go back to my point. I think NAU essentially caught some momentum and they're like, man, we could actually define our season right here. We could define everything we've been working underneath Chris ball for the last three seasons. This is it. This is the turning point for us. So, I mean, that's hard for Montana state to withstand that. And I think the elevation was key too. I mean, people are going to say, eh, whatever. And I like what coach vegan said about that earlier today too. He's like, yeah, if we, if we pull out the, pull out the uh, oxygen machines, they know it on the sideline. We're toast. I mean, he coached at Wyoming. That Wyoming's at like at over seven thousand feet. You don't think about that, but it's, it's greater elevation than the walk-up Sky Dome. But NAU, house money, man. They're playing with their hair on fire. No, I mean when you're when you're a team that doesn't have a very good conference record, your your overall record's pretty bad. Your playoff has been your playoff chances have been toast for weeks, and you have the number three team in the country come to your house on homecoming. 
Like you're gonna give your best shot. And the Bobcats let them take those shots. Yeah. Let's talk a little little bit about that. What did you think of the onside call? I don't, uh, I don't remember exactly the circumstances. The was it 17 to 0? Was it after the field goal? Or 17 to 7, excuse mm. me. Was it after the field goal? Is that what yeah, we tried I think it? So that, that's about right in my brain. Okay. Vegan said it was a numbers thing or the way they lined up. They were planning on doing it during the game, regardless if they had if they had that matchup. They looked to see the guys were like 15 yards off the ball. They're like, okay, we're gonna do it now. They wanted to go for the knockout punch, or they were gonna do it coming in on the second half. So they were planning on doing it. Coach Vegan said he Stones had been doing that kick probably successfully 10 to 20 times in practice. They were really comfortable with it, but long story short, they wanted to go for the knockout win right there. I don't really have a problem with that after that uh, explanation from coach. I didn't feel too bad about it during the game, but I was just like, uh, I just, I don't know. If it would have worked, you'd think he's a genius and the, and the cats maybe score and then the game's over basically at that point. We've talked so much about um, how the Bobcats have not been putting their foots on people's throats. I mean, that was a that was an attempt to put the foot on the throat right there. So you, you got to yep. love the aggressiveness. I'm not sure I like seeing it manifested in a onside kick necessarily, but I do love the the thought process of just seizing momentum, taking momentum, and putting the team away early and for good. So I, I do like that mentality. Yeah. Keeping in that thought, I think that all those deep passes we were trying, the fades, the 50-50 balls that we completed uh, one out of 11, not 50-50. That's not 50% people. Nope. You don't have to be a math teacher like myself <laughs> to know that. Uh, what's your thoughts on those, buddy? I was getting madder and madder with each one. <laughs> I was not enjoying those. Was it at? Well, so many of them were on Why? first down. Yeah. And, you know... <sighs> We just kept trying the same thing, so, and 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 any defenders were there every time. They were glued to the receiver almost every time. The one exception was there was a deep ball to Willie Patterson who beat his man, but Tommy put a pretty bad ball that he threw to the middle of the field instead of to the more to the side, and and Willie couldn't get to it. With the, with that exception, they were well covered every time, and you know the guys tried to make a good play, and a couple times NAU made a good play to knock it away. Like Willie Patterson had one in his hands and then any defender poked it away. It was a good play by the defender. They weren't all great throws, but I, I don't know. I don't understand why we kept doing it over and over. A few of them I could understand, but we just kept trying like some sort of stubborn, we're going to complete one. Damn it. That's it's like, at some point it's like, just stop doing it. We'll work on it in practice. It's not working right now. What what's going to happen is you're going to keep going three and out, and then and then he's going to get back in the game. That's what happened. Yeah. So yeah, I I I did not like the the offensive play calling strategy at all. That game script that we came into with that strategy was probably due to the fact that defensive defense defenses against Montana State are really close to the line of scrimmage. The free safety is like eight yards off the line of scrimmage. And so when Tommy Malott sees man-on-man press coverage on the outside, he's that's that's his go-to. And it's been good for us. Let's be honest. That's been a very successful pass for us. Albeit, I don't think you and I are big fans of it. We'd rather see more route trees going across the middle and taking up some different kind of concepts. 
I like it because these 50 50 balls. Yeah. But I think that was part of the game script was, was telling Tommy he was like, okay, if they're played defense on us like they are, putting pretty much most of everybody in the box and manning up on the outside, that was his go to. <sighs> you know, that one, I want to go back to the one you, you mentioned it briefly. Tommy missed a wide open Willie P. He was that wide open. 21 0. Be his guy by five wide yards. Open. Yeah. He it he missed him by so much by ten yards. Not not only <laughs> was it overthrown, it was it was thrown on the wrong side. And Coach Vegan said we we make that one in our sleep. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I mean, you you make that kind of play. You hit on two to three of those uh, those deep those deep passes. This we're not having the clear frustrations we are now. It's true. But those deep passes, the inability to convert on those deep balls, led to clear momentum and it was it was crazy ryan the thing that made me the most upset was we got stops when we were in that montana our defense was playing good we were going like we got a stop we got a big play from brody greeby punt ball back sweet we got it out and then we go three and out three and out and i was like man we can't capitalize i mean we could put these guys away right now right now Yeah. yeah Yeah, we couldn't. You know what? It's it's complimentary football is what needs to happen. And if you're if a defense is prone to giving up big big plays, you just don't want them on the field as much. And, and maybe this is what it's going to be for Montana State this year: is that the best defense is going to be a good offense. Okay, keeping our defense off the field by sustaining yeah. drives, like, and we're such an explosive offense too. Like, if you score a sixty-yard touchdown run, you live with that. You don't live with like bad play calling that gets you into three and outs over and over because the defense is just going to get gassed. And if no. the defense is struggling as it is, it's only going to compound itself. And that's what happened. Like if that would have gone into overtime, do, are you any confident the cat win in overtime in this game? I am. Well, I, I guess we got that be- won't better be beat question. attitude, man. Yeah. Better question. Do you, <laughs> do you think the defense stops them in overtime? <laughs> I do. Actually, I do, man. I, as, as as bad as it gets, the cats are eight and one. They, they at one point, it's not luck. No, well, actually, I had that. I had a question for you. Is the Bobcat magic gonna run out? I feel like we just keep kind of hanging on by threads here. This won't be beat stuff. Is that gonna bite us in the ass at some point? I mean, it probably will be. I mean, just if you play a numbers game, right? But. uh at one point, you hope you can start fixing your mistakes. We have the dudes we have right now in the backfield. You know, we're going to talk about the secondary. Hey, hold before we get into that, uh, I want to want to talk a little bit more about those passes, man. Did it ever like when when we were doing those passes during that like stretch in the middle, like that second quarter, the debacle that was the second quarter? Did it ever like cross your thoughts that if Sean Chambers was playing, we'd have this game in hand? No, honestly, no. Really? Because I thought, like, the way he passes the ball, the routes that we feed Sean Chambers, the way he runs the ball, that would have just been, like, a churning offense for us during that time. Not, I mean, not if they're doing the same thing where whoever the quarterback is, you see the the one-on-one matchup and you throw the fade ball. Like mo- most, No, they don't do that with Sean. I'm just saying, if it was the same game plan, 
then no, the outcome's not any different. They can do more with Tommy. They just chose to try and force some things along the sidelines. I don't know if they're trying to put things on film or if that's just what they thought would be successful. But, you know, the first dr- couple drives, there's a lot more to the offense than those passes. So mm. he, Tommy Watt's capable of a lot more than that. I think it was by design. And I don't know why it wasn't working. And if Sean Chambers is in there and they try and tell him to do the same thing, then the results aren't any different. That's all I'm thinking. I don't. Yeah. Th- I don't. No. I think this is more of a coaching issue than a quarterback issue in this one. Although Tommy wasn't really putting the ball in great spots for a lot of the game either. He was sailing balls that just you know he sailed balls over the receivers' heads two or three times that they couldn't even like jump to get a hand on. And he admitted that so much that elevation was getting to him. Yeah. But I don't know. I never thought that Chambers would be doing any different. I mean, we scored, you know, 38 points on the road. You should win most of your football games. I think this was a game tailored to his strengths. I thought Sean Chambers would be kind of an X factor in this game. But we wouldn't have gotten the sweet touchdown throw to Taco Dollar. It's true. Chambers doesn't do that throw. No, that's not his strength, thrown on the run. They're so similar and they're so different. And that's why I'm excited for Chambers to be back healthy. Because that just adds a whole other yeah. dimension to the Bobcat offense. We, we pined for a time where we had one guy being the dude, Sean Chambers, but I'm, I'm back to accepting the fact that we have two guys and the coaches are going to play them both and it's going to work out. I guarantee we wouldn't have the short yardage situations if Chambers was healthy. Mm-hmm. Chambers picks up every single third and one, fourth and one, period. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy that they have like nine guys on the line and we can still pick it up. <laughs> it's impressive. That's, it is. That's like the sign of a good football team. If the t- other team knows what you're going to do and you do it anyway and you succeed, like what can you do as a as a defense? Yeah, You can't do anything. There's nothing you can do. We gotta talk about the secondary. So, secondary. Manning didn't have his best game. People were ripping on Manning a little bit on the Bobcat Nation. I still think he's a solid player. He's gonna get yeah. up some plays here and there. He makes plays here and there. He's still a good football player. He's not an all conference guy. He's he's clearly the best we have, and I don't think he's a bad player. I just I think everyone's being kind of put in bad positions to succeed right now including Manning, mm. uh, Ryland Ort. He, he's got to shake some rust off. He'll get, I think he'll get back into the groove, but I was watching some of that stuff and, you know, he was getting beat pretty good on, like, but he was in position, which is a, I guess yeah. a step forward, but he didn't make the plays regardless. So the results roughly the same in a lot of areas, but the secondary man, I don't know what's going on with the secondary. It seems like every guy playing back there is not the same player they were last year. All the guys returning are yeah. just like shells of what they were last year. And I don't know why that is. We're not, it's not like we went from like the best defensive line to the worst defensive line. The guys are, they're still getting pressure. They're not a bad defensive line. I can't imagine that was the sole reason that the drop-off has been so drastic. And it's not Coaching. every game. And I'm not saying it's every game or anything like that, but there's been there's been stretches 
even in the games where we win, there's been stretches where the defense just, just played very poorly. So yeah, I had, I had this in my key talking points. Is this a coaching problem or a personnel problem? I think it's probably a scheme thing and coaching thing. Co- coach Reisinger, Kyle Reisinger was a staple back there for many years. I thought he was a really good secondary coach. He, uh, you know, he left. And then, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too certain on what Willie Mack is teaching these guys. I think Coach uh, Vegan said, you know, it's, it's probably not in their best interest to have our guys play press coverage. That's not our strength. And so we're playing a lot of zone coverage, a lot of cover three concepts. And I'm not sure if those guys are just not communicating well enough or not. I don't know. It's it's probably a a communication error, but I also think it's probably a scheme and coaching error as well. Well, I feel like there's some situational issues in terms of just giving guys cushions. I think that we're getting cushions in inappropriate down and distance situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a player decision, if that's coming down from Willie Mack. I don't know. But I know I hate it. I know I hate the product on the field many times throughout the game. The NAU game was just, I mean, he, uh, RJ Martinez is a good quarterback. He had 290 yards at halftime. As, yeah. As, have we thrown for 290 yards in any game this year? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, we give up more points. Any U.S. hasn't scored that much, that many points on anybody all year. Yeah, we had a bad game. We really did defensively, defensively, and offensively a little bit too. But that's that's the funny part about the offense, man. The offense can play bad and still score thirty eight points. We did have the two turnovers. I don't want to completely crap on the defense. They forced two turnovers, two turnovers, two forced fumbles, and we I believe we turned those both into touchdowns. So there's 14 sure. points right off there because the defense set us up with some good defensive play. That was that was what was even more frustrating. We got to RJ Mar- Martinez, sacked him, forced two fumbles, and then like it just completely changed. I don't know if, uh, if NAU made some good adjustments along their offensive line, their play calling. I feel like this is a game where the Bobcats got outcoached. Pretty much everywhere. I hadn't thought about that take. I'm not sure how I feel about that. And you had a good game plan. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm, you might, I might not go as far as to say we we're out coached, but NAU had a really solid game plan and they executed and they made, you know, whatever proper adjustments. I think we just got a little too, I don't want to say cute on offense, but I don't know what we were trying with all those fade things like we were talking about. I don't know if we're trying to put things mm. on film. Question to you, with all those, that one for 11 on those balls, if you're a defensive coordinator now looking at the cast, did that make us more one-dimensional? Because now you don't think you have to worry all that much about it because we can't complete them? No. I don't think so. I don't know. If you're a defensive coordinator at Cal Poly, I still think you're probably leaving guys on islands and hoping that you're forcing Tommy to beat you on a on a one-on-one throw. I mean, what else are you going to do? It's your best bet. I'm not too worried about Cal Poly as far as their defense against our offense. They're last in defense per game or points per game, excuse me, or yards per game, excuse me, total defense in the big sky. I imagine we're going to be able to run the ball. But yeah, if we tried to get cute and play these deep passes, I'd f- I find that really interesting. I don't think we probably will. 
I think Coach Vegan talked about that in the in the press conference today as well. That it's like, ah, maybe we shouldn't have done as many of those deep passes as we did. <laughs> well, hindsight is twenty twenty, but yes, can't argue with that. Well, I I think I'm not going to go away from him though, Thorny. You know, the people are no. going to be up in arms like if we do like two or three of them and we don't connect on those. But then as soon as we hit a big one, everybody's going to be like, yeah, sweet. I love that play. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's a time and place. I think, I don't think, I didn't have a problem with like the first five. <laughs> they just weren't working. And that was like, they just kept doing it. 11's a lot. I don't think I've ever seen the Cats do 11 in one game of that exact type shot. So I just, yeah. it was just an was aberration. And I, I don't know why. Well, like, like we said, in the very beginning, Coach Vegan, we're not going to apologize for winning. Ain't one. Punch our tickets to the playoff. Got out of Flagstaff. Haven't won there since 2008. It's a tough place to play. I think that was probably the best quarterback I've seen all year long. RJ Martinez was playing out of his mind, man. It was special to watch him. As I mean, as a football fan, he, he was on fire. He was slinging Absolutely it. Absolutely on fire. Yeah. So... I think I've said it. He was for in the groove a couple episodes in a row. Any quarterback that can sling it scares me at this point. Yeah, well, we got another one coming up. Spencer Brash. <laughs> okay, Cal Poly. You want to move on to Cal Poly? I have, I have one question for you. I wanted to ask this question. Somebody asked us on Bobcat Nation. I thought it was a great talking point for a fan discussion. We all kind of know the chronicled ebbs and flows last year of Matt McKay, quarterback. The Bobcats last year, you can kind of just sense that things were just kind of spiraling down for him, and it kind of culminated in Cagres got benched. We all know the story. Is is this year's defense on a similar path where ebbs and flows, and now it's just kind of like you're just starting to feel like I don't know if I'm liking this. I'm not sure this is going to work. <laughs> I had thought about that arc as well, that parallel. I think there's something to that, but the, it, the beauty of that story it was it didn't define us. In fact, we found a solution for it that put us on a rocket to Frisco. What is that solution? I'm not sure, man. You can't bench the whole defense. <laughs> we got the guys we got. Yeah, we got so the some, guys we got. So sure. maybe then the solution is being more complimentary on offense. You got to figure out, like, the defense is what it is. You got to figure out ways to win football games. And we are. We're winning all the football games. So there's, in reality, take a step back from it. We're still winning football games. But is the defense going to be what what holds us back from a playoff run? This seems to me like this likely candidate. But you got to figure out ways to mitigate that, to play better, or to, you know, whatever, to win football games despite our shortcomings on defense. Yeah, I still think Montana State can figure things out. I know a lot of people will be like, well, we haven't figured out. We're nine games in. We are who we are at this point. Me, I would say <laughs> you that. You said that about our offense last year, too. And look what we did after Cad Grizz, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure. I'm not I can't say definitively that this is going to be the Achilles Hill for Montana State. Who knows? Maybe all of a sudden we start playing great complimentary football. Maybe all of a sudden we get some of that swagger back. That was a note in my notes, is it feels like the secondary is searching for some swagger. You start playing with a little bit of swagger. Simeon Woodard gets a pick, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, he's yeah. a dog again, and it's an infectious, man. I feel like that secondary needs to reclaim the ball and be like, that's my ball. 
When's the last pick with we that had? kind of attitude? It's a good question, man. Um, probably two games ago. Probably Callahan O'Reilly. To to ice the Is Idaho State. Idaho State. That's what came to my mind. We didn't at Weber, I don't think. And we'd be talking about uh, we'd be talking about this game a lot, the Weber State game a lot differently if they hadn't dropped some of their passes too. Yeah. That that did come to my mind. We would have had the same conversation. I don't know. That's the frustrating thing to me. I know we're still talking about this, but it's just there there's been like hints of this all year. So this isn't to me, this is maybe the worst possible outcome of the defense, passing defense, but there's been signs of it all year. Since game one, if you've been paying attention. So we've seen the bottom. Can we avoid bottoming out again? I guess is the question. <laughs> Our personnel's not changing, that's for sure. So coaching scheme. I mean, I know they're I know they're feeling the heat right now. Which when is you're also looking a at Coach Vegan. Well, I, I you mean, start getting in your head. When you look at they're searching for some answers. Can they find some answers? I'm not sure. But to be seen, I'm hold on. I'm holding out hope. Can they find answers against cow poly mustangs? Look at that transition. I think we're done talking about <laughs> that game, right? I think I'm done. Let's put, yeah, let's wash that game. Put it away. We got to win. Move past. We got an all-time great play. Let's just remember that. That's what I'm going to remember. All right, it is. All right. Can Cal- we do like Cal Poly in like five minutes? Yes. Let's <laughs> review their their season one and eight, twelfth last place in the Big Sky. Got their lone win against San Diego at home, a non scholarship team, twenty eight to twenty seven. They lost to Fresno State to start the year. Then they lost to South Dakota. They lost to Sac State, NAU, Idaho State. The closest game they played all year was Northern Arizona, which. Uh, interesting enough, they lost that game twenty nine to thirty one, and then Eastern Washington mm-hmm. ten to seventeen. Then they got drubbed by UC Davis fifty nine to seventeen. As UC Davis is on their their just absolute tear, where they've scored. I guess they only scored forty something in the last game. They've scored fifty in three straight games and now forty five. And then they got just just murdered in Missoula in a blizzard zero to fifty seven in a game where. Let's be real. If you let if you let if you let Nick Osmo run for two hundred twenty one yards on you, you're, you're not very good. <laughs> like that guy is no. a he's an okay like short yards running back. Nick Osmo shouldn't be scoring two, going for two hundred twenty one against anybody. So <laughs> there you have it. No. One and eight Mustangs. They're playing at home, so that's going to be a boon for them. They, um, they haven't played at home for another team that hasn't played at home for a while. They haven't played since Eastern Washington. In fact, four of their last five games have been on the road. So they'll, they'll be happy to be back, back in San Luis Obispo. Yeah. We, we seem to catch these odd teams yeah. playing inspired ball, haven't been at home. Like Montana State, what did they have to play for? Well, they have to play for knocking off the number three team in the yeah. nation coming in. I mean, this, <laughs> is, a, this is a bowl and game. Listener, Super bowl. Pl- plug your ears right now. Cal Poly second in the conference in passing. <laughs> yeah. You thought, Ina, you slung it around a lot? Cal Poly. I mean, it's Bo Baldwin coached football team. What do you expect? <laughs> Only behind Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona is third. <laughs> 
<laughs> UC Davis, though. There it is. UC Davis is first. And we put the clamps on UC Davis. So, but that was at home, man. It's a five o'clock, it's a five o'clock game, at least Montana time. Or it might be West Coast time. Anyways, it's a later game for us in Poly. I think, I think, here's what I think, Ryan. Montana State's going to own the line of scrimmage. And we're going to be able to control the game through our running game. <laughs> as long as we don't get cute with these <laughs> deep shots and go three and out and let Spencer Brash just pass all over our, our secondary. That'd be terrible. That'd be really yeah, terrible. I mean, I don't think we lose this game, but uh, it'd be it'd be weird if we did. No, I mean, Spencer Brash is currently fourth in... He played for UCLA or Cal. He played for UCLA. He was a, yeah, so he's no, at... No, uh, Cal. Okay. No, he was he followed Bo, Bo Baldwin back. Oh, that's right. okay, that's right. Yeah, that sounds familiar. So yeah, he's currently at fourth in yards per game in the Big Sky Conference, but he's you know he's got thirteen touchdowns, but he's got twelve interceptions. He's only completing fifty seven, <laughs> yeah. only fifty seven percent of his passes. He's only got a long of fifty seven. Like every single other quarterback on here, except for Lucas Johnson, has a long of over like sixty yards, except for Jake Dunaway. Also interesting. Uh. There, yeah, his efficiency is only let's let's sort it by efficiency. He is tenth out of twelfth. I mean, although you know who's just slightly above at number nine? Tar- I mean, a lot. RJ Martinez. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's like the RJ Martinez was probably below Spencer Brash before he played us. <laughs> he probably moved ahead of Spencer Brash solely on how good he did, did against the Bobcats. That was his best game of all time. I mean, I'm not. That's not hyperbole. It was a yeah, career day it's for a career day. RJ Martinez. You're welcome, yeah. RJ Fitzgerald. So Spencer Brash, man, I haven't watched. Usually, I've watched at least highlights of something. I have not like watched. I don't think a single second of Cal Poly football this year. I watched maybe a I little bit of the Grizz game, maybe a minute, a few minutes here and there. Yeah. Uh, I watched them play Northern Arizona, and it was an offensive battle where it was just back and forth, back and forth, much like it was last weekend for us. I watched them a little bit during, like, uh, you know, last year. And they're they're like historically bad football team, and I'm I'm really surprised that Bull Baldwin hasn't turned it around at this point, and not even at all. Like they're not playing good. They're not playing competitively. I don't know what's going on, um, but Cal Poly, not a good football team. I'm feeling pretty confident in this one. I feel like this will be a, a pretty comfortable win. When we when we talked about NAU, like you start like researching your opponents and like NAU's got some dudes, man. Like they're RJ Martinez. They got some playmakers. They can play competitively. They have a couple good wins on their resume. Even if they, they were at the beginning of the season, they had a couple good wins. Cal Poly is like a different animal. Like they're a bottom, bottom, FCS team like their Sagan Sagan ratings are like one of the worst in the FCS they're, they're a bad football team they got a guy who could sling it which makes me nervous exactly exactly so always respect to Bo Baldwin like he's yeah. still Bo Baldwin so I'm not going to count that guy out and Cal Poly I mean you can't lie you're at the end of the season they're sitting number two in the passing offense and that's the thing that we struggle with. Can our defensive line disrupt their passing game? That's probably what it's going to come down. We were so close last week. I thought Martinez was such a good quarterback in his escapism and just being able to, I don't know, just avoid 
just getting clobbered or avoid the sack. He did such a good job doing that. I don't know if Spencer Brash has that mobility to him. We'll see. And I don't know what it looks like without a Brody Greeby. Can Kenneth Hyde didn't fill those uh, shoes. Well, Cal Poly is going to pass most of this game, I imagine. They've seen yeah, the Bobcats. They have to do right now. They don't have a running game. They don't right have now. a running game. I was looking at their running game. They're dead last at 92.3 yards per game, 3.1 yards per carry. They've only rushed for four touchdowns all year. Yeah. Contrast to the lead, lead, lead leading Bobcats who have 30 rushing touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's our advantage in this game. We're going to be able to run the ball on them. Yep. Shouldn't I have- think we, we're probably going to just put 400 yards of rushing on them. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Man, that's a bold prediction right there. Depends on the personnel we have, I guess. Uh, some people were saying that uh, Elijah Elliott was banged up a little bit, but he was not mentioned at all in the press conference. So I assume he is fully healthy and ready to go. So it's going to be Garrett Coon. It's going to be Elijah Elliott, Tommy Johnson, and perhaps Sean Chambers, question mark. And yeah, maybe Marquette Johnson. But uh, yeah, I, this, I love when Marquis touches the ball. You know, this game could be closer than you think, and just because I imagine that the Bobcats will probably be trying to protect Tommy Milan again. Yep. They won't be running him probably double digits. He'll probably get like five or six designed runs. He'll scramble for a few more and probably end up with 10 carries for like 100 yards. And we'll just try and so like, if we, I don't know, we'll try and pass it a lot in this game. It might be a similar thing to NAU. If we struggle in this game, we are going to have a fan base on pins and needles going into the categories, just ready to burn it down. <laughs> yeah, but it might be unnecessary. Like we could be just trying things out and just keeping guys healthy in this game and just trying to get out of there with a win. So it's hard. It's hard to know. And that's kind of maybe what happened to any of you. I don't know. I do want to see just some better football regardless. Yeah. And yeah, Cal Poly will will be the worst opponent we've played since probably Moorhead State. Cal Poly might beat Moorhead State. I don't think Cal Poly beats McNeese State. <laughs> so they're they're bad. I don't want to I don't want to get confidence. Like we don't do predictions on here or anything, and I don't like to be disrespectful. But Cal Poly is not a good football team, and I don't expect the Bobcats to have too much trouble. They shouldn't have too much trouble with them. I'm not going to say anything about that because I'm too superstitious on that, man. All right. So I'm just hoping for a good win that we come out healthy. And then uh, it's money, money week. Money, money. But yeah, let's go ahead and get out of here, man. Um, as we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, make sure at the time of this episode releasing, there will be a link on social media. I'll have already pumped it out. You know, a sweepstakes fundraiser for the Gallatin Valley Food Bank. Check it out. Your chance to get to win two Bobcat Cat Grizz SRO tickets. Um, if you want to support the show in any other way, you can check us out on ko-fi.com, ko-fi.com slash rrcatcast. We are on all the social medias. rrcatcast would be the handle on all of them. You can find us on the web, rrcatcast.com. Thanks again to our awesome sponsor, Manhattan Bank serving the Gallatin Valley, and fully, let's get out of here, man. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats.